listening to the World Wide Web for your listening pleasure. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. I'm not ashamed to say. I hope it always will stay this way. Good morning, good morning. Thank you for being my friend. I am Deb Creer, and I am the socialite. I'm passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use social media as a tool to promote themselves and their businesses. And I have to say, today is absolute red-letter day for me because I have one of my most favorite people in the world as my guest. Welcome to Bob Berg. Hello, Deb. How are you? Fine. Welcome, welcome. Well, let me tell everybody your bio so they understand why you're one of my favorite people. Of course, you're one of my favorite people just because you're one of the nicest, most helpful, professional people I have ever met. But Bob, thanks. I think we can. We could probably stop there. I know I'm. I'm so. Okay, we're done. We're done. done. <laughs> But we do need to share your wisdom with everyone. So Bob shares his principles contained in the books, The Go-Giver and Go-Giver Sell More. He's addressed audiences ranging in size from 50 to 16,000 people. And he shares the platform with notables, including today's top thought leaders, broadcast personalities, athletes, and political leaders, including a former U.S. president. His critically acclaimed book, Endless Referrals, Network Your Everyday Contacts into Sales, has sold over a quarter of a million copies and continues to be used as a training manual for top sales organizations throughout the world. Bob is an advocate, supporter, and defender of the free enterprise system, believing that the amount of money one makes is directly proportional to how many people they serve. He's a founding board member of Club 100, a charitable organization focused on helping underprivileged local area youths. A lover of animals, Bob is the past member of the board of directors of Safe Harbor, which is the Humane Society of Jupiter, Florida. Bob, I I am just speechless. Well, I guess maybe not quite. I shouldn't be speechless. <laughs> so no, Bob, really, no reason to be. Not on not on my account. No. And, and that's one of the reasons why I really like you is you are just so approachable is probably the the best way to put this. So let's start. Um, let's really talk about what is the premise behind being a go giver. Well. Really, that's a great question. I mean, if we were going to look at a, a definition or, or, or the, you know, the premise, <clears throat> excuse me, the premise of the book itself, it's simply that shifting one's focus, and that's the key word, shifting one's focus from getting to giving, and in this case, when we say giving, we mean constantly and consistently providing value to others. And making that shift is not only a, a a nice way to live life, which I think most people intuitively know, but it's it's actually very financially profitable as well. So when we when we say go giver, we're really talking about that man or woman who has learned, uh, or perhaps intuitively always knew that it's that person who can who can make that shift, who can go from what we call an I orientation, an I focus, or a me focus, to an other 
focus. That's the person who accomplishes the most. Right. And to me, I really see that on social media because, mm-hmm. I, as I tell people all the time, it's not about me. You know, it, right. you really need to make everything that you're doing about other people. You know, mm-hmm. I, I joke with people that I'm an only child and I had to learn that the world didn't revolve around me. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and so, you know, I think that was one of the things when I read your books and I've read all of them, um, which is, you know, as I mentioned, it's the endless referrals book, then it's go giver, go givers, uh, sell more. And then your newest book, it's not about you. I just was fascinated with the books. And what I really wanted to emphasize, well, let's, let's go back and talk about, um, the, the premise behind the books. And then we'll really delve into how you can use these principles to be working with people, providing value to people. And, you know, obviously at the end, selling what you do via social media. So why did you write the books? Well, years ago, I, I had a book out called you, which you were kind enough to mention, Endless Referral. That was, was sort of my first big book, and that had been out for a while. It's now in its third revised edition, which the newest, newest one came out in 2005. It's a how-to book, uh, and it really is for people who wish to become uh, the type of people who can go out there in, in a in – a, uh, a way that's non-pressure and non-threatening to themselves or their prospects, develop a, a huge list of A-list, high-quality prospects and, and referrals. And, um, and yeah, again, that's been out for a while. It's been successful, but it's very much in the how-to genre. Uh, for years, I've been reading the business parables or business fables, not starting a long time ago. I mean, the first one I read was Ogmandino's Greatest Salesman in the World, a, a very famous uh, parable. Uh, and then in the, I think it was the early 80s, if I'm recalling, Ken Blanchard and Spencer Johnson had the One Minute Manager, which was even a shorter book that it, it had kind of a formula where, you know, you, you kind of picked up these little ideas in a very fun to read way. Then Spencer Johnson followed that with the One Minute Salesman. Uh, Robin Sharma later had a, a great book, the, the Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. And uh, of course, Spencer Johnson's Who Moved My Cheese. My friend Chris, Chris Widener has written a, a bunch of parables and I, I always love them. I mean, I can't think of a bad parable. I mean, so many of them were so inspirational. They taught great lessons. You could, you could pick it up easily. And I think stories really connect with people. Right. And, and, and I think also nowadays people want to shorter read. That's, that's also impactful. And I thought, well, you know, I'd love to take the, the premise of endless referrals, which was basically that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. And that was the theme that ran throughout that book. And I'd love to take that and put it into a, a parable. And it was really in my head for a couple of years. And I, I come up with the, the name The Go-Giver and, and just had a, a very sketchy outline. And I actually started to try to write it myself, and it took me all of about 30 seconds to realize that there's a huge difference between writing a a how-to book, which is actually pretty easy. You simply write down what you know. A big difference between that and writing a a fable or a a work of fiction, which is what the go-giver would be. And I realized that there really, it it was out of my strength zone 
And, um, you know, it's John, Dr. John Maxwell says it's okay to go out of your comfort zone. That's a fine thing, but you've got to stay within your strength zone. Mm-hmm. And, and that was not it. So I, I asked my good friend, John David Mann, uh, whom at that time I still had never met personally, but I, I knew him. He was my uh, editor, or he was the editor-in-chief of a magazine I used to write for, and just a brilliant writer. And many people who were kind of in the know knew that John was the guy behind some very, very big-selling books. He's just a brilliant writer and, and a great guy. And so I asked John if he, he would be interested in being the um, not only the co-author but the lead writer and storyteller. And he was very busy because he's very much in demand. And uh, But uh, fortunately for me, he agreed to, to do it, and we got together and worked on it. And uh, it didn't take long to write the story. We, we actually did a whole lot of rewriting. It took us longer for our agent to find a publisher. I think our <laughs> agent went through about 25 different publishers before one accepted it. Well, so. and I love the premise in it that, you know, you it, it is about giving. And when I heard you speak in person, one of the things, though, that you emphasized is that it's about giving, but it's not about being taken advantage of. And I really like that because sometimes we do get caught up in giving too much, and you really wanted to emphasize that that's not the, the point of this. It's, it's in giving value, giving added value, which I, you know, that's always a good thing. And, you know, these are books that I typically reread, you know, at least once a year because every single time it either reminds me, oh, I should be doing something, <laughs> I'll be doing this, or, you know, it's, it's just, I get these new tidbits every time. And as you said, they're, they're a quick read. So it's, you know, I take it on an airplane, I do whatever because I can no, pretty much you. get one, one done fairly quickly. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. And, and yes, there are certainly, uh, I think, misconceptions or preconceptions people have when they haven't read the book, when they, they hear a title or they see a title like The Go-Giver. Um, first of all, they think it's about charity, which it's, it's not. I mean, charity is a wonderful thing. Uh, I hope everyone participates in it, but that's not what the book is about. It's a business strategy and a life strategy, and it's certainly the focus, again, is on providing value to others. It's, a, it's maintaining a laser focus to providing benefits to, to others, to provide value to others. And no, it has nothing to do with being taken advantage of. In fact, I, I, often, I often tweet uh, on Twitter, and it's one of the most retweeted tweets, uh, and that is that if you're, if you're nice in being taken advantage of, it's not because you're nice it's because you're doing things in such a way that you get taken advantage of mm-hmm. right yeah, so so one has nothing to do with the other well and to me whether you're doing this online on social media or in person it, all of the tenants apply you know and and i that's really what i wanted people to know is whether you're meeting people in person you know or communicating with them on social media everything that you talk about in your books and in your blog and and things like that you should be doing um so tell us first how we fi- how we find you online and you know connect with you to to get all this information from you uh, yeah, if, if anybody can certainly more than welcome to come to Berg.com, and that's spelled B-U-R-G.com. And from there, they can, right on that home page, they can connect with me on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, Google+. Um, I, I have a, a, my biggest uh, presences are on uh, on um, uh, Facebook and Twitter. Mm-hmm. That, that's where I am a lot of the time when I'm online. Right. Uh, they can connect with me on YouTube, you know, all these different places. But really, Twitter and Facebook is is where I'm going to be. And they can subscribe to my blog if they'd like. I I typically 
uh, post about two times a week, and we have about 400 to 450 articles, videos, interviews, lots of stuff in the archives that people can just come by and uh, check out. So anyone who'd like to do that, we certainly uh, welcome you to do so. Great. Well, now the premise between or behind the Go-Giver are the five laws of stratospheric success. So let's go through those and then talk about how with each one we can really be using social media as part of that process. So let's start with the law of value. So your true worth is determined by how much you give in in value than you take in payment. So describe that and then let's kind of talk about how we can be doing that on social media. Sure, uh, and you're exactly right. Uh, your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment, which, by the way, at first sounds kind of counterintuitive or counterproductive because when you think of it, uh, how do you give more in value than you take in payment and not right. go out of business? <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a recipe for bankruptcy or some you know kind of nicey, nice, new agey thing that that couldn't possibly work in the real world. So, so the first thing is we need to understand, Deb, the difference between price and value because that's the key to this. Um, price is a dollar figure. It's a dollar amount. It's finite. It, it is what it is. Value, on the other hand, is the relative worth or desirability of a thing to the end user. In other words, what is it about this, this thing, whether it's a product, a service, an opportunity, a concept, an idea, that brings with it so much worth uh, to that, that beholder, so much worth to that person, that they will willingly and gladly exchange their money for that value and feel great about it while you uh, make a, a profit, a, a very substantial profit. And we can give an offline example first uh, in terms of, let's say you were to hire an accountant to do your taxes, and this accountant charged you, just to name a round figure, we'll say the accountant charged you $1,000, that's his, his fee or his price, $1,000. But what's the value he gave you in exchange? Well, he, he saved you $5,000, he saved you lots of time, and he provided you with the security and peace of mind of knowing it was done correctly and you weren't going to get into trouble. So we can see that value is is both uh, concrete in terms of the, the, the $5,000 savings. It's also conceptual in terms of the peace of mind, which is you know kind of like the old uh, MasterCard commercial, priceless. So what he did is gave you much more in value or use value than what he took from you in cash value. He gave you more in value than what he took in payment. So you're ecstatic about that transaction, and he made a very healthy profit, which is exactly what he should make uh, for providing such great value. Now, this is the kind of relationship we want to have with anyone with whom we eventually do business. We want to give them, provide them with such an Im- immense, amazing buying experience that they feel as though they got much more than they paid for while we make a very, very healthy profit. And the way this happens is, again, through that shift in focus. It's focusing on providing value to that person. It's not focusing on the money you're going to make. If you do that, they're going to be able to tell that's exactly what you care most about, and they're probably not going to want to do business with you. They're not going to trust you like they would. But when you focus, when you are totally focused on solving their problem, making them feel good, when you're focused on bringing them value, that's when they're going to feel confident with you and money is going to exchange hands. This is why John David Mann and I say that money is simply an echo of value. It's the thunder to values lightning, which simply means 
Thank you. And, and it means really nothing more than that the value comes first. The money is simply a direct and very natural result of the value you've provided. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we take this to to uh, the the online world or the world of social media, re- remember, it, it's still all about the relationship and it's still all about the value you're providing. So, whether you're going on Twitter, whether you're going on Facebook or LinkedIn, you do what have you, you always simply want to be asking yourself the question, how do I provide value to that other person? Now, there's on, on different media, there are different ways. The principle still holds, but there are different ways to do it. Uh, on Twitter, you know, how do you give great value? Well, you can tweet quotes if you want. You can, you know, uh, really good quotes, whether it's from Ben Franklin or Dale Carnegie or what have you. You can retweet quotes that people uh, that that you uh, get from people. You can see that there's a challenge somebody. So let's say, for instance, you own a, you know, let's say you own a uh, an air conditioning. Uh, uh, a place that sells air conditioners, and you make sure on your uh, on your your Twitter search to make sure that any time air conditioner is mentioned, it's going to pop up in your column. Uh, well, you see that somebody in your air and and in your area, and you have a uh, you see a tweet that somebody. Uh, has a problem with their air conditioner or something. Now, of course, and, and they bought from a different company. Of course, you don't ever disrespect another company, but you can certainly say, oh, you know, write a tweet back and say, oh, have you tried to blah, 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 and provide a solution to that person. Right. That's just a and way of adding value. So there's all sorts of ways we can find a way to be of value to others online. Well, and of course, what's important in, in your example is that, you you suggest something without saying hello, call me and I will charge you to fix exactly. this. <laughs> you you want to show that you're that great resource, you know. And and sometimes they go off and do it on their own. You know that's I think a big reason why many companies have blogs and things like that. They can provide free tips, but then when you set yourself up as that great resource, people are more than happy then to pay because they know the value that you're going to provide them. Well, exactly. And, you know, I mean, I, I know that there's some people who have a, a challenge with with giving value first before they've received something because they're thinking, well, but what if I, I give value and I don't receive from? Well, you know what? Sometimes you won't and other mm-hmm. times you will. And, and you've got to do it without an attachment to having to receive. Mm-hmm. What you're really doing, though, is you're providing a great strategy when you do, you know, when, when you're you're doing this. It's a great strategy for being known as a person of value, for bringing that asset of value, that wisdom you have, or that knowledge, or that whatever it is. Um, but you know, it, it's sort of like going into a, a going up to a fireplace on a cold winter's night and saying, you know, you give me some heat first, and then I'll throw on some some wood and light a match. It doesn't work that way. Right. It's like you know, going to a bank and saying, "Well, yeah, I'm thinking of opening an account, but first I want some some interest to be paid to me, and then I'll make a deposit." It doesn't happen. Uh, the law of sowing and reaping, or the law of giving and receiving, or the law of whatever you want to call it, means that you've got to, as Zig Ziglar used to say, "Prime the pump." You've mm-hmm. got to get it started by giving value. 
And, uh, you know, when you do that, and again, without attachment. Now, some people say, well, give without expectation. I know what they mean, but I don't even like to say that because the fact is I expect good things to happen all the time. <laughs> so, so I, I, But I, I know what they mean. They give without, uh, without in a, what they mean is give without an attachment, an right. emotional attachment to having to receive. What it means is you give because you love to give value. You set up, you find situations where you can, where you can give value, but here's what happens. You're, you're creating a benevolent context for your success because you get to be known as that asset of value and that go-to person. And that's when the good things really start to happen. Well, and, and it, it is one of those that, that definitely feeds on itself. Um, mm-hmm. You know, part of it is uh, one of the, the cool things about social media is the fact that people brag about you. You know, they can mm-hmm. say, hey, I got this great service from, you know, I, I read this great book of Bob Berg's. And, and they tell all of the people in their network about it. And so it, it does just kind of build. I, I tell people social media is like word of mouth on steroids. Mm-hmm. But the, the opposite also happens. I mean, if you do something that isn't, kind of stellar, you know, then that word also spreads too. And I think that's, you know, one of the dangers that people sometimes forget about. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And, you know, it, how often do we see examples where the big companies forget mm-hmm. about it and they, they just don't think of it. And then you've got other big companies who handle it so perfectly and so mm-hmm. expertly. It's amazing. And it all comes down to, you know, it's the difference between companies who think people do business with companies and companies who understand correctly that people do business with people. Right. You know, and, and as a marketing person, I typically talk a lot about, you know, target markets, potential clients. And then I always have to take a step back and think, wait a minute, that's still a person. So what can I do to help them? You know, what is their pain? You know, what, mm-hmm. what do they need help with? And sometimes it's nothing, you know, but other times they are looking for a solution. And you know, especially if they're posting on social media, they're looking for that solution. So anybody yeah. who can help them is, is greatly valued. Sure. And in a free enterprise-based economy, remember, to the degree you can solve people's problems and make them feel good, that's the degree that you're going to be of market value. I just posted that this morning. I mean, I, you know, I was, I was speaking at a, uh, a um, corporate uh, conference last week, and, and the uh, COO of the company and I were talking about three minutes before I was going on, and he just said, you know, it's, uh, he said a mentor of his 25 years ago or 20 years ago told him something he never ever got people by for two reasons, uh, to, because there's a, a, a problem they want solved or they want to feel good. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it, simple? Yeah. True? Yeah, absolutely. And so when you can, and of course, the, you know, the bigger the problems you solve, the more money you've earned. Mm-hmm. So it, it, that's really how we provide value to people in a, in a market-based right. economy. Well, and it's funny because when we deal with people, you know, we, we started our conversation today with talking about the fact that it's not all about me. But it is all about them, and that's what mm-hmm. they want. You know, they they want their problem solved. They don't want you know the the pithy things, or they don't you know they don't necessarily want to see the pictures of my cat. <laughs> you know, they might think that's cute, but they mm-hmm. want to see that value that can help them. Um, mm-hmm. Now, it is about relationships, so that is kind of why you know the cat picture gets posted and what TV show we like and all of those things. Well, there, there's a there's a time and place for everything, mm-hmm. and you're you're right on the mark with that, uh, Deb, because you know that is part of the relationship with some people. Now, it's not going to be part of it with some people, and fortunately, they don't have to pay attention to it. And you know what I'm saying? And if all you did was post about your cute cat, you'd turn off a lot of people 
who they want nothing to do with that. But if you know, your if your your tweets or your Facebook posts are that combination of you know market value, uh, uh, cute value, uh, you know all the all the different things, really people value, then you know you've got a good combination going. I mean, hey, I'm known as being a, a Dunkin' Donuts fanatic. And I can put a post on Facebook saying that, um, you know, it's Sunday morning, which is everybody, you know, who who knows me knows that's my, my time. I go to Dunkin' Donuts. I read, have two chocolate coconut donuts and a cup of coffee. Now, that's not what tw- Twitter is about or Facebook is about, about just posting where you're going for, you know. No, but every so often you do that. And first of all, it's just it's me. It's what I do. But it's mm-hmm. also that's something that's very I, I identifiable, not only with me, with the people in my group, but it, it kind of gets a good conversation, a fun conversation mm-hmm. going too, because everybody has their routines. Right. So it's all it's all part of the whole. It's not it's not one or the other. Um, and, and the neat thing is, you know, what doesn't appeal to someone, they don't have to respond to it. They can they can blank it out if they want. Right. You know, and, and, you know, it, it's one of those things that adding those, those fun little trivial things in makes us human. Right, exactly. Um, you know, and, and, and that way, as you said, you know, we, we work with people we know, we like, and we trust. Mm-hmm. And some of that is in knowing what TV shows they like, where they went to school, you know, all of those various things, mm-hmm. as long as we don't get carried away with posting exactly. about it too much. Exactly. And, you know, thank heavens that the election are done. <laughs> you know, that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> yeah, I know. That was really tough because that was really something where we really saw people's true colors come out in terms of their communication skills. I mean, the anger and the just the the nastiness that um, that that was communicated was really it was a it was really kind of a, a horrible thing. Right, and you know uh, that brings me. I'm going to skip ahead in your laws because this I think is is a good segue into this. It's your law of authenticity, which is the most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself, and mm-hmm. that is so true. But again, there's kind of a limit. You know, I'll admit that there are people that, you know, I saw their political posts for one candidate or the other, and it was so vitriolic, so hate-filled, mm-hmm. you know, some of those various things where it changed my mind about doing business with them. Mm-hmm. Now, they needed to be authentic, you know, because that's who they are. They supported, you know, either candidate. And so it's, that's, that's important. But I think they were, too authentic? Is that? <laughs> I'm not quite sure how to. Well, how no. To let me let me um, comment on that because I think that's a really good point. Um, authentic doesn't mean that you um, allow your nasty side to come out. Right. Uh, there's nothing authentic necessarily about that. Um, so I don't think it's a matter of being too authentic. I think many of these people who were extremely nasty in their comments. I, I didn't think it was, was really authentic of them at all. I mean, right. I, I thought, because I think these a lot of these people are much nicer <laughs> than that. I think they let themselves go and a certain side of them came out. Maybe, maybe and, and you know what? Maybe there's a certain authenticity to that side of them too, but that's not all of them, and that's right. all, not all what that person's about. And I, I think sometimes we kind of take that 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 word authentic and we almost look at it as though that means that whatever's on your mind you've got to say let me give you an example okay uh somebody says to you uh hi how how are you okay 
Now, this, this person is not a chiropractor. This person have, is just a, a person who you know, uh, you know on a surface way, but you happen to have a, a bad back. Mm-hmm. You're, you're totally authentic by saying, oh, everything's good. How are you? That's fine. There's no reason that you have to say, oh, well, actually, you know, my back is just absolutely killing me. I couldn't sleep last night. I kept everybody up. The whole house is just in a horrible mood. Uh, You know, there's no that that doesn't have to be said. That doesn't make you any less authentic because you say, now, if your chiropractor asks you how you are, Mm -hmm. then you should say your back is hurting you. So, uh, you know, I don't think authentic means we have to say everything that's on our mind. I think authentic means we authentically look at what's going to serve others best, what's going to serve ourselves best, what's going to serve the world best. There's an old Native American Indian saying uh, that says, if it doesn't serve, don't say it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I often say, before you speak, edit your speech. Mm -hmm. Just because you you feel a certain thing doesn't mean you have to say that thing. So, So I don't think it was a matter of people being too authentic. I think it was a matter of them being inappropriate with what they were doing, with what they were saying. Well, and I think they did get caught up in passions, you know, and, yeah. and yeah. Uh, of course the tricky thing with social media is those people could have been joking. They could have been being sarcastic. They could, you know, and, but we don't know that, no. um, you know, just from reading the posts and, and no. now I, you know, I did not hide a single person. You know, now I know that there are a lot of people that I follow who have said, "Ooh, now I have to go back and unhide the people I disagreed with." You know, I, that was their view, and I was perfectly fine with them posting. I didn't, re- I didn't read it. You know, as you said, I filtered it out. I didn't respond, but I wasn't going to hide them because I wanted to see everything else that they were saying, um, which was why I was connecting with them. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, and I agree with that. And I, you know, I certainly didn't edit anybody. The only thing, if if somebody posted something on my wall, I don't allow people to just post things on my wall. Right. I don't care what it is from whatever party or anything they're doing. I think it's rude to just mm-hmm. post something on another person's wall without permission. But right. when there was a there was a discussion going on that I was part of, you know, hey, whoever posted posted, and uh, you know, uh, I always tried to, you know, respectfully. Uh, uh, chat, but you know, but again, that's me. That's my authentic way of doing it. That I, I don't insult people. I you know, try to, to to speak in a way that's tactful and in and, and kind, while uh, you know persuasively making a point. But you know, we all have our our, our different ways of, of of doing things. Um, but I, I think with you know when we talk about authenticity, uh, that it should never be authenticity should never be. And while the, the definition is the most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. I don't think it should ever be confused with not trying to be the best you can be or improving yourself, stepping right. into a, a greater, more off, uh, more effective, authentic self. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, you know, it's sort of like the person who says, well, I have an anger issue and I yell at people a lot. And if I was to act any other way, I wouldn't be authentic. That's baloney. Uh, what that says to me is this person authentically has an authentic challenge or problem that he needs mm-hmm. to work on and become a more effectively authentic person. Mm-hmm. Well, and we can bring our personalities in without, you know, doing the person that's the, the TMI person, um, you know, and, and one of the, the things that I talk about with people, especially on social media, is obviously politics, you know, watch posting about that. But I also say, you know, maybe think about not posting because it's one of those things that can can cause conflict is religion. And, you know, I say that now living in the Bible Belt. 
But, you know, but then I also tell them, however, you still have to be authentic to yourself. If your religion is the premise for every single thing you do, then don't hide that. Don't not post about it on social media. But be aware that for some people, they might go, "Mm, not so much. Um, you know, and, and, and again, it's, it's just, as you said, you can filter stuff back out, but you, you have to be authentic to yourself. And, and to me, somehow social media picks up on it real fast when you're not, you know, when you're being the, the, the fake person, the, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it is, you know, it's interesting. Even though you're, you're behind the computer, or I should say in front of a computer, and they, they can't see the expression on your face, there's mm-hmm. something about social media that makes it very difficult to hide your true self, and, and, which is good. You know, I mean, that's a great oh, yeah. thing because the people who can, who can operate authentically, uh, you know, they're, they're the people who are going to just do a lot better because what's going to happen is they're going to attract the people who naturally are attracted to them and they'll repel the ones who aren't, but that's fine. That, that, that's how you want to do it in business. I was working with a young woman one time who was from the Middle East and her profile picture, she had a t-shirt on and it said proud Muslim. And, and I told her, I said, you know, you, you realize that here in the United States, there are some people who could have issues with that. And I said, you know, I hate saying that. And of course, you know, she, she understood, but she looked me straight in the eye and she said, if somebody has a problem with that, then I just don't want to deal with them, period. Mm-hmm. And I thought, good for you. <laughs> and she, you know, that was something that was, you know, obviously it was very important to her, but sure. she also, you know, she just wasn't, if they didn't like it, well, then she'd go to the next person and, you know, mm-hmm. it really didn't matter to her. And to me, that was a huge thing. I mean, she was just, she was probably 20 years old and wise far beyond her years. <laughs> yes. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. And when we come back, we will talk about your other, uh, the remaining three laws of success. That sounds great. Thank you for being a friend Travel down a road and back again Your heart is true You're a pal and a confidant You're listening to Mile High Radio MileHighRadio.com On the World Wide Web For your listening pleasure Not quite seven years of age Aaliyah had developed a fever that wouldn't go away along with an arm pain that caused too many tears. A late-night trip to the ER revealed the news that no parent wants to hear. Aaliyah had cancer, leukemia. Her two-year treatment plan turned into five and a half years of chemo, oral and IV meds, appointments, ER visits, days, weeks, and months in the hospital, infections, side effects, multiple surgeries, a bone marrow transplant, and much more. Even though Aaliyah never gave up her battle, God realized that it was an unfair fight. On July 9, 2010, the cancer died and Aaliyah went to heaven. We've all been touched by cancer one way or another, but cancer should never be allowed to touch our children. None of us can do everything, but all of us can do something. Together, we can fight to eradicate childhood cancers. Please support Aim to Cure in their effort to eliminate childhood cancer. Click on their logo on our website and give what you can. Aim to Cure has no overhead costs, so all money goes to research and public awareness programs. Please give today so that other children can have to 
Performance Apparel is South Metro Denver's premier corporate and athletic apparel store. We're your one-stop shop for creating a personal yet professional look for you and your organization. We can assist you in outfitting your corporate team, baseball team, lacrosse team, soccer team, hockey team, football team, or any other team you're involved with. Our goal is to outfit your team for success. We offer in-house full-service embroidery, a state-of-the-art banner and sign maker, screen printing, a graphic designer, vinyl and heat press letter logos, tackle twill, sew on lettering, leather jackets, hats, shirts, and other corporate imaging. Learn just why we've been chosen to be the official corporate image consultant and provider for MileHighRadio.com by clicking on the banner ad on their website. Remember the name in South Metro Denver. It's Performance Apparel. Deb Creer, the socialite, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use social media as a tool to promote themselves and their businesses. And with me today is my one of my, as I've said, my absolute most favorite people in the world, Bob Berg. So welcome back, Bob. Thank you, Deb. That's very sweet of you. Great. You know, I love my bumper music. Um, I picked all of the, the music because it specifically talked about friends, you know, and, and things mm-hmm. like that. And it's funny because the, the last song was the, the theme song from Cheers, sure. which is where everybody knows your name. And mm-hmm. that is so true on social media because everything just starts spreading. You know, I'll post about something and then that'll get shared by somebody else and then it goes to all their friends. And so for me, it's this huge marketplace, but it can be abused. It can be misused. Um, and whether you're on social media just for fun, which is perfectly fine, or more importantly for business, there are so many tools that you should be using. And that was why I wanted to have Bob on because Bob has – they're not simple premise because they're actually pretty complicated when you start trying to do them. But the, the premises in the go-giver and the go-giver sell more and it's not about you – are things that every single business owner should be striving to achieve. And so we've been talking about the five laws of stratospheric success. We talked about the law of value. We talked about the law of authenticity. And now let's talk about the law of compensation, which is your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. So talk about that, Bob, and then let's again tie it back into social media. Well, sure. The, um, when we say your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them, now we're talking about the reach and we're talking about the impact because the law of value, in law number one, the law of value said to give more in value than you take in payment while making a profit. Uh, law number two tells us that the more people whose lives we add that kind of exceptional value to, the more money with which we'll be rewarded. Mm-hmm. Uh, the accountant in that first example we gave, your accountant, did a great job of providing you more in value than he took in payment, so you feel great about it. 
so if you're his client, you'd, you would do business with him again and most likely refer him to a lot of other people right. uh, whose lives he can add that kind of great value to. So <laughs> our accountant very quickly amassing an army of personal walking ambassadors between you and his other, other clients. So that's also very important. You know, people often say, well, quality is more important than quantity. Well, I would agree, but I'd also say let's not let's not um let's not um say that quantity isn't important either. They're both important. It's not an and or it's not an either or, it's a both. Qua- uh, quality and quantity are both important. Now, here's the thing. High quality relationships lead to high quality referrals. So what I would say is Focus on quality, you know, focus on quality, and you'll bring in a lot, uh, you know, a lot more quantity <laughs> as well. So, it's again, it's not one or the other. It's, it's doing both. But, again, it's where the focus is, where we say, you know, focus on providing value. Focus on the value, not the money. And to the degree you focus on the value, the money is going to follow. Well, it's the same here. Focus on the quality, but to the degree that you focus on the quality, you're also going to bring in um, uh, more quantity as well. So that's where compensation comes in. If you provide exceptional value to just one person, uh, that one person may feel great, but you know, you're not going to make a whole lot of income for yourself. It's also a matter of, of, of outreach. It's a matter of touching the lives of many people with the exceptional value you provide. Mm-hmm. And of course, the, the best thing is when those people that you have touched tell their friends, you know, as you mentioned, the accountant, the more people that somebody says, hey, this is a great accountant, the better that is. And that's where social media is so cool. You know, whether it's a 140 character tweet or a blog post or, you know, something, you know, a video testimonial on YouTube, that's all about spreading that word. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's much better if people you served spread that word than ourselves, you know, because then we come across as the used car salesman. Well, you know, Joe, Joe Polish, a friend of mine who's one of the great uh, information marketers and copywriters today, uh, I love what he says about this. He says, what other people say about you is infinitely more believable than what you say about you, so right. let other people say it. And as you pointed out uh, very eloquently, that's really what social media is all about. If you're providing value to people, the word is going to spread. Now, that doesn't mean you can't proactively be doing it and in, in connecting with more people as well. Uh, again, one doesn't take away from the other. It's it's not an either or, and, and we need to, you know, I think, be careful about the the either or <laughs> type of things and, and go more for the and, and uh, because a lot of things are good. And and so uh, so yes, you can proactively uh, you know create more relationships. But what you want to do again is focus on the quality of those relationships. Mm-hmm. Right. Now your next law, and and to me this one may be the most important with social media, is the law of influence. Mm-hmm. Your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. Sure. And again, this this one sounds counterproductive at best and and probably uh, downright Pollyanna-ish <laughs> at worst. And yet and yet this is how the 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 greatest leaders, the most influential people, the top salespeople, business people, this is how they conduct their lives and and run their businesses. Now, first, let me qualify that when we say place other people's interests first, we don't in any way mean that you should be a a doormat or uh, 
self-sacrificial or a martyr in any way. That's not what we're saying at all. Uh, simply that, as, as you brought up, the, the golden rule of business uh, that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. And, and Deb, as you know, there's no faster, there's no more powerful, there's no more effective way to elicit those feelings toward you in others than by, again, stepping out of yourself, shifting mm-hmm. from an eye focus to an other focus and asking uh, you know, even from the very from the from the get go or from the give go, just right from when you meet that person, how can I focus on providing uh, value to that person? How can I make their life better, easier, richer, more fulfilling, or whatever it is you bring to the mm-hmm. table? And to the degree you can um, that you can, as Thomas Powers, the great uh, British author, author of Networking for Life, calls it, uh, willingly suspend your self-interest, not forego your self-interest. There's no reason to do that. But to willingly suspend your self-interest, that's the degree that you, you really draw people to you. Because, you know, influence is not about push. Influence is pull. Mm-hmm. It's an attraction. Great influencers attract people to themselves and and to their ideas. Right. You know, and, and one of the things that I'm going to deviate just a, a little bit here, but this all, of course, ties together. One of the things I learned in the, the seminar that I attended that, that you presented, you had talked about when you met with people having a little uh, card, you know, it, it, to send them. And, you know, it's, it's just a simple, basic little card. It's got, you know, my phone number, those various things on it, but then it's, and it, my picture, you know, because. Yeah, a no card. Yeah. Not, not a business card, but an, an right, actual right. no card. Eight and a half by a yeah. uh, eight and a half by three inch right. no card. Yeah. And, you know, easy to get printed. I had a, a bunch of them printed. You know, it's got my picture because, you know, while I like to think I'm memorable, not everybody remembers me. Um, and then, you know, what you told me to do, and I have done this every time, is when I meet with someone, I send them the card, <coughs> excuse me, and I say, you know, how can I help you? It's not, here's what I'm going to sell you. It's, here's how I can help you. And I do that on social media too, especially on LinkedIn. You know, it's a little mm-hmm. bit more difficult on some of the others, but on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. I really do the, you know, how can I help you? What, what value can I bring to you? And, you know, without saying, here's, here's what I do, buy for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and it's interesting because that note card and, and uh, anyone who'd like to see what they look like to model it, they can just go to berg.com slash note card. Uh, they don't have to download anything. Just just mm-hmm. click enter, and uh, it will pop right up. And you can even print it out and use it as a, a template if you want. But um, the uh, w- it, what's really interesting is even sending that sending one of those notes to somebody that you first connected with on Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn has a just makes a huge impact because who expects to get a handwritten note? from someone that you've met on social media. Yet one of the best things you can do to really further and strengthen a connection that you've made online is to pick up the phone and call that person or to send a a personalized handwritten note, just like Mm -hmm. we talk about with the note cards. I think that's great that you do that. And, of course, you're a a person who takes action. So, uh, you know, you're – One of the tips you said was, you know, write it in blue ink because then Mm -hmm. they know that, you know, it was handwritten, not run through your computer, you know, all those various things. I've been amazed, though, at the follow-up because almost every time somebody will contact me again and say, this was cool. 
you know, I love this. I don't get things like this. Mm-hmm. And I love the premise that you just said of taking it further and, and doing that with the, the people you meet on social media. Um, you know, if you're meeting them for business, obviously, it's pretty easy to probably find their business address. You know, you, mm-hmm. they've got their website link, whatever. So you can get that information so you're not stalking them. <laughs> you know, right. But, yeah. You know, yeah I, I, that's, I just love that. You know, So every time you make a new connection, especially on LinkedIn, since that's the, the business tool, find, some, you know, find that information and send them that card. That is just, oh, my, my, oh I love that. I'm going to have to do that now from now on. <laughs> so great. Well, now let's talk about um, the law of receptivity. And I love this. Because it's it's kind of the one that ties all of this together. And, you know, I think what has impressed me the most about your books, your blog, all those various things, is it is true business tips. You know, it, it, it's things that everybody should be doing. It's written in a way that, you know, as I've mentioned, easy to read, easy to understand. And it's not the kumbaya type of business books. You know, those really aren't, the, 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 you know, and and you it's but what you're talking about is kind of that that higher level <clears throat> and and it definitely is so the the law of receptivity is the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving and i love this explain this in more detail yeah this is something and i, I really appreciate the points you made about that that it that it isn't just it isn't just feel goody stuff. I mean, that it's practical business, mm-hmm. um, and an important part of business is making a profit. You know, your your profit is basically a measurement of the value you provided and how many people you provided it to. And John David Mann and I both felt very strongly that this law be really worked into the book and into the story. And as you might recall, and of course, the law itself simply says um, uh, the key to effective giving. Is to stay open to receiving, and in the story, in the in the the, the parable, uh, John and I talk about uh, that um, Joe, the the uh, protege, is asked by his mentor, his main mentor, Pindar, just to to breathe out, and Pindar asks asks him to hold that breath to the count of thirty without stopping. Well, Joe tries. But in a, a fairly quick period of time, he's struggling. He's gasping for air. And Pindar says, Joe, what's the matter? Can't do it. Joe says, no, I can't just breathe out. I've got to breathe in. So Pindar kind of jokingly says, well, Joe, what if I was to tell you it's been medically proven that it's actually healthier to breathe out than it is to breathe in? And Joe just laughs. He says, well, that's silly. You, you can't. You, you've got to do both. You've got to breathe out and breathe in. Well, how profound is that? I mean, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, we, mm-hmm. we breathe out, we breathe in. We breathe out carbon dioxide. We breathe in oxygen. Uh, we breathe out, which is giving. We breathe in, which is receiving. Giving and receiving are simply two sides of the very same coin, and they work in in tandem. Uh, to, to try to focus on one side, either side of the equation, while trying to minimize the other is really an exercise in futility. Why? Mm-hmm. Well, first, because uh, every giving is made possible only because it's also a receiving, and every receiving is made possible only because it's also a giving. And all the giving in the world, and again, when we say giving, we mean the giving of value to others. All the giving in the world is, is great, it's admirable, it's terrific, but it's all for naught if you are unwilling to make yourself available to receive 
in like measure because now you're cutting off the natural flow Mm -hmm. and you're not taking care of yourself. And, you know, the key isn't to think that one is more valuable than the other. It's not. They're both, uh, neither one is more giving or receiving. Neither one is more righteous. They're both great. The key, again, goes back to focus. Focus on the giving and allow the receiving. And I think it's very easy to tie that into social media. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and receiving does entail receiving money. <laughs> I, mean, you know, I I've talked with people. It was funny. I w- was uh, they approached me to speak to their group, and I said, "You'll be more than happy to." And then I, you know, kind of gently worked in my fee schedule, and I got dead silence. And she said, "But you like what you talk about." I said, "Yeah," and she said, "So then you charge for it." And I was just kind of flabbergasted. I said, so if I don't like it, I should charge for it. <laughs> you know, and, and so that, that whole thing kind of worked in there where, you know, we really, in, in part of this giving, we need to appreciate and like what we're doing. And because of that, then we do receive also. And maybe well, it's just that we receive kudos. You know, those are great. We receive referrals, obviously. You know, and, and yeah, it's nice when we receive money too. Well, let's. I think this is something that's very important to, to, to talk about. First of all, the, let's go back to her premise, mm-hmm. uh, a very false premise, and that is you should only be receiving money for something you don't like. Right. But if you enjoy it, you shouldn't be receiving money for it. Mm-hmm. Um, that That's what my friend Randy Gage, per, perhaps the world's foremost expert on abundance and, author, uh, and, uh, and prosperity at this point, this is what he would call a mind virus, a meme. Uh, he has a great book out now uh, that just hit number one on Wall Street Journal bestsellers list, number six on the New York Times list called Risky is the New Safe. Uh, you can find out more about it at riskyisthenewsafe.com. It's an amazing book. And he, in this book and in so much of his writings, he talks about these mind viruses. Who, whoever said, uh, where was the rule written that if we like what we do, we have no right to make money from it? Mm-hmm. Nobody, as far as I know, I, I don't see that as a rule. In fact, I think if you look at most very, very wealthy people, they love what they do. Right. Um, this is like saying, so a professional ball player shouldn't like playing ball. Mm-hmm. A musician should not like playing music and get paid for. I, I can't think of something, I can't, and I'm, I don't mean to be judging, and I don't think I am. It's simply, it's a mind virus of the world. Uh, it's that old, you know, when, how many times did you hear growing up that somebody say to you, Hey, uh, when you get older, do you want to be wealthy or happy as though it's one Mm -hmm. or the other? Mm -hmm. No. How about both? (laughs) So so what's the, huh? There's nothing selfish in that. Um, it, it, there's nothing self, there's nothing selfish as most people would think of of selfish being right. uh but uh, you know as far as i'm concerned if there is fine i mean there's mm-hmm. because what is uh, what does selfish mean selfish is something that you've got to if if selfish means it hurts someone else then that's, then that's bad. a bad thing mm-hmm. but you know when you think of selfish being as of the self, you're doing something because mm-hmm. it's in alignment with your value system. Now, this gets a little bit into Ayn Rand philosophy, so, mm-hmm. so you know, I realize that that's not, not going to be accepted. But, but no, if, if, if you're doing what's in alignment with your values and it's bringing value to other people, 
then you should be making a whole lot of money. <laughs> and and there should be no reason not to. And, you know, for those who don't think that's the case, that's kind of a, a, a meme they need to kind of get past if they're going to be able to to find a degree of, of fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, let's tie this all back in to social media and how to build your networks on social media. And to me, of course, the, one of the most important things is, if at all possible, you build your network online and then you meet those people in person. But, you know, not always possible. But you can take every one of these five laws and really use them in what your, 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 your online presence and be very successful. And maybe it is just for personal use. You know, you're just wanting to gain more friends and that's perfectly acceptable. But if you're using it for business, you can be doing all of these things online mm-hmm. to drive people to, you know, buy your product or your service. And, and just keeping them in mind every day is something that I think people should strive to do. Well, I, and I appreciate you saying that, and I, that's one reason why John and I wrote this. Uh, we we kind of wanted to give a guide uh, for people to kind of tap into that natural flow of success, which is really nothing more than being willing and focusing on providing value to others and, as part of that ebb and flow, uh, being able to, to graciously and gratefully uh, receive. And again, whether that's you know, whether we're talking financial, physical, spiritual, mental, emotional, social, that's just how life is. We put into something, we, we give value into something, and then the natural flow is it comes back to us in a, in a, a, um, uh, in a receptive manner. Mm-hmm. Well, now, you're very active on social media. You mentioned uh, Facebook and, and Twitter. What's kind of your philosophies when you're posting and, you know, what what are you trying to achieve when you're posting online? Well, I think we all have. Uh, well, first of all, the main the main thing is be, is before I post anything, the you know the question is, does this serve? <laughs> you know, does this provide value to somebody who who might be uh, looking at it? So that's the that's the first thing I do. Uh, I do utilize social media as business. At the same time, it's not like I've ever been one to separate business and social. Mm-hmm. So to me, I have fun doing it too. Uh, I also post and respond totally in alignment with my values uh, mm-hmm. because I'm one who believes that that it's appropriate when somebody writes to you that you answer back. Now, there's others who that's not their their way of doing it, and there's nothing wrong with that if, if that's in alignment with how they best operate. In other words, there are people who kind of use it as a, a broadcast medium. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't really engage with others, but you know what? That's okay because the people who know them, they understand that's how they are. Right. And the kind of value they provide is maybe different from the kind I provide or the kind someone else provides. So I think what's important is, again, post uh, uh, with a focus on value and uh, work within the various social media platforms in a way that's congruent with your personality. It, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be congruent for me to just broadcast and ignore everyone. <laughs> you know, that wouldn't right, be me. Right. Um, but for someone else, it wouldn't be like them to engage in conversation either. So, Well, and I think, you know, one of the things that business people tell me is they don't have time. You know, they, they can't do that. They can't respond. They can't whatever. Well, you know, you're probably an, an incredibly busy person. And 
and maybe that's one of the things that has impressed me the most is you do take that time. Whether it's just a quick thank you on Twitter, I mean, it takes what, five, ten seconds? Well, <laughs> this that... is not a big thing, but it means so much. And, and again, mm-hmm. if that's just not somebody's personality, that's perfectly fine. But it is, you know, it, it, it has meant a lot. And, and I've seen other people respond that same way too, where taking that quick little couple seconds to say thank you, I appreciate you, means so much to people. Yeah, and you know, when it comes to time, we basically we have time or we make time to do what we assign a value to. Right. So if it's within our value system to do something, we're going to do it. And if it's not, we're not. And, mm-hmm. you know, when we say we don't have the time for something, it's like when we say we don't have the money for something or we don't have the skill or we don't have the whatever. All it simply means is what it would take to do that or to accomplish the thing doesn't hold as much value to us than not doing the thing. Mm-hmm. And so it's always a matter of priorities and, and a matter of, of what we uh, value and again, there's no judgment that's attached to that. It's just a matter of that is how we are and, and what we do as human beings. Mm-hmm. You know, and and you know, to, to wrap this up, it is about social. It's about building those relationships with mm-hmm. people. And you know, some of it is posting what we have. You know, for for our our Sunday morning Dunkin' Donuts run, or mm-hmm. you know, I'm getting ready to to take a trip to watch my University of Colorado Buffalo men's basketball team. So you can bet I'm going to be posting about that. Right, exactly. But, you know, it is about putting in those those business tips, you Mm -hmm. know, whether it's an inspirational quote or, you know, something that, you know, I, I tend to link to a lot of articles that give resources, you know, things like that. It's it's easy to do that on social media as long as you're keeping the, the premise in mind that you are giving to receive, you know, you are wanting to help people, but most importantly, you're wanting to provide that value. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, I think you said it beautifully, and that's you know, and that's what you do, and that's and and that's how you're known as your asset of value that you bring to people. So, right. and again, it's congruent with who you are. So, because mm-hmm. it's who you are, it's what you do. Well, one last time, tell us how people find you and connect with you online. Sure, they can visit me at berg.com, and that's B-U-R-G.com. And while there, they can connect with me on all, sort of, all the social media they'd like, and, and they can subscribe to my blog post. And we're also offering a whole bunch of really cool um, holiday specials for those who would like to buy the Go-Giver for people who they care about and offering actually a really neat promotion with some great prizes too. So while you're there, there should be a little uh, uh, a link for that if you'd like to visit that page. Great. You know, and as I mentioned, your books are books that I reread every year at least mm-hmm. once, um, you. you know, and, and I do get something out of it every single time. Sometimes it just reinforces, you know, what I've been doing, but most of the time it's like this big aha moment or this, oh, I should have been doing that and I forgot. They are very good books, quick reads, you know, somebody can pick them up and this is not war and peace. And and what I like is that it is a parable, you know, they're, they're told as a story and we can all relate to the people that you're, you're uh, describing in the, the books. Uh, well, thank you. That means a lot to me. Thank you so much. Well, Bob, thank you so much. We are at the top of the hour, and I know that you're very busy. I could probably sit here and talk to you for you know, three or four more hours at least, but you're Likewise. busy, and hmm, the radio station probably would not like that either. They probably <laughs> <You know? laughs> so thank you so much, and you know, anything that I can do to help you, please always let me know. 
you're you you are one of my most favorite people in the world and i thank you so much for being my guest today uh, thank you deb appreciate you have a great day everyone This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.